With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, boy. He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge Happy Hour Edition. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, as you can see, we are going to open up the mailbag really quickly. Uh, I'm going to dive into slop season because of today's date. Happy, happy uh, trade eligibility day for everybody who uh, celebrates. And then I'm also going to preview tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs um, as as well as make a couple picks on a uh, busy night in the association. So let's dive on into it. I'm going to start with the mailbag that I asked. Uh, I asked some questions or asked for some questions on Twitter and uh, I got a couple. So first, Je- at Jefferson writes, did you try for the uh, Kobe's? I did not. I have stopped trying for Kobe's. Uh, I think the entire thing is rigged and maybe like one or two normal people get the, the shoes and the rest of them go to influencers and super duper rich people so that Nike can get to say uh, and, and brag about their shoes or their company's L- uh, exclusivity. Uh, which to me is is um, indicative of a broken system and broken situation. But you know what? They don't seem uh, all that interested in in fixing it. So here we are, I guess. <laughs> um, I do, however, uh, love Kobe shoes. They are my favorite uh, basketball shoe ever. And, uh, you know, it's a real bummer that a whole bunch of people basically just do not get to um you know benefit from from those shoes and and get to wear those shoes and experience those shoes in the same way that they did back when I was growing up where you know for me it was um for me I, I used to be able to uh you know go to a store on the day that a shoe released and you would be able to you know buy that shoe and you would have to wait in line if need be and you would have to uh <laughs> you know, hope that they have the, your size and sometimes wear the wrong size. But, uh, yeah, for, for, you know, what, what they, you know, what the shoe industry should be, um, it does not work that way. And it's a real bummer. So, uh, to answer the question, no, I did not get them. I did not try. I am, uh, you know, disappointed in 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 the way that all of this works now and hope that it changes it's not going to change um next question comes from at cali reclined do you think the lakers and or uh are slash or 
uh, interested in Lori Markkinen or OG Ananobi. Um, Markkinen, I didn't include him in my trade primer, which is what we are going to be talking about um, here in a second. Uh, Ananobi is included in there, so I will mention him in a second. But uh, Markkinen, I don't see it. You would have to give up a ton to get him, and I don't know how well he fits with this you know, wing-based identity, right? You're going to be trading a bunch of wings to get him, and then essentially you are hoping that his shooting continues, um, and that's the only way that he and AD can kind of fit together. And I don't know. I'm so jaded at this point about shooters whose who's, uh, shot goes away that I just I don't see that as a fruitful acquisition. Uh, but I will say this, though. There are guys on the jazz who I think the Lakers are eventually going to be interested in or tied to. Um, and so whenever that happens, you know, we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when, when you get there, but the Lakers, like, you know, Jordan Clarkson is a name that I, I didn't write about in the primer primer. Um, I did list him as like an, an also notable name in, in the article, which by the way, you can find that article in the description of this show right underneath it. So first, obviously subscribe to this channel and then go find that article. And it's free for everybody. I, I haven't written in a while. I explain it in the, in the article why I haven't and why I'm hoping to be able to start to write a little bit more. But as I haven't written in a while, that article is free for everybody. So go read that, subscribe, and then subscribe here and subscribe to the pod and all of those sub subscriptions, please. I'll take all of them. Um, but no, to answer the question um, now, you know, short version long, I I, I don't see it <laughs> with with Markinen. Even if um, even if theoretically there is a bit of a fit there, the Jazz are going to be asking for the moon for him, and I just don't think the Lakers need to make a trade for the moon type deal right now. Last question here comes from at Dad Sports we, uh, Sports Tweets. Where does Gabe Vincent fit into the Lakers rotation when he comes back? I think we got a bit of an example of that, uh, of of what how Gabe maybe fits in. Is look, I wish that Russell and Reeves were a little bit more consistent this year, but they haven't been. Right, Reeves started the year pretty slowly because he was clearly tired from FIBA play. Um, D'Angelo Russell is just like an inherently inconsistent player. So I, uh, I, I just think with, with, you know, with Vincent, I think he's a bit steadier than both of those guys because of how he plays defensively. So basically if either of those guys are having kind of a tough night, you can throw Vincent out there and kind of steady and, and, and kind of settle things down. Also, he thinks about the game in a more traditional point guard way. And I think for stretches where you start to notice that AD or LeBron are not as um, involved as they should be, I think that's where Gabe can kind of go in and, again, provide that kind of steadying presence that reminds everybody, hey, yeah, those two all-world people that we have standing over there, yeah, we should maybe focus on getting those guys the ball a little bit more. So I think that is... Um, I think that is a far the, the best outcome I think for, for Gabe Vincent. And um, now the worst would be if Darwin starts playing Vincent 
Reeves and D'Angelo Russell together in any lineups. Like if I see that, I'm going to be pretty annoyed. Um, he mentioned that back in the uh, back before the season and NBA or Lakers Twitter lost their minds. Like you guys have all these wings and you're still talking about those lineups. Um, I was one of the people losing their minds. I, I would be pretty annoyed if that's how he is implemented or, 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 or thrown out there. Um, and as such, I don't really see it. Like I, the Lakers do that when you're like desperate to get talent on the court. And this team is nowhere near as desperate as last year's was to get that type of talent out there. So yeah, I understand why people are, are, are have a couple questions about it, but I, I, I think it'll work out pretty well. Uh, Gavin comments here below. I don't see, uh, don't need any bigs who can't handcuff, uh, yoke Joker or Jokic. Yeah, essentially. And if you are basically getting a player for a single singular matchup, there is no point in paying what you would need to like, you are going to pay a premium price for somebody like Lori, Lori Markinen, um, both because of his contract and because of how highly Utah thinks of him. And uh, for for what the Lakers need, I, I it's, it's just in it's not the best allocation of resources for me. Uh, I, I get why some might feel that way, but for me, that is a, an identity shifting move that the Lakers just don't need to make right now. Um, also on that trade front, Odanic writes, uh, Rozier gets buckets and can handle the ball too. A little smaller, but so is Schroeder. Uh, Rozier is greater than Levine in terms of player contract and movability. Um, earlier they said, I don't understand why the only, I'm the only person that sees Terry Rozier, his contract and his team's current record and sees he's the answer to the problem. I, he makes quite a bit like 20 something million bucks. And I'm concerned. Like I, I just, again, does he fit with LeBron when he's on the court out there together? And I don't, really see that particularly well considering he makes 24 and a half million i believe this year um and i you know if you're trading for him you are trading russell and you are probably trading like tory and prince and trading a wing for a small point guard and uh, you know i just i don't i don't necessarily see that there i, I but again um you know, I, I think he is somebody who has been on the Lakers radar before and will be on their radar heading into trade season. And look, that's the difference. That's that's an important, I think, disclaimer to include on this entire conversation. The next part of this podcast, right, is that maybe I don't see or I do see a fit, but the Lakers do. Right. Or. Uh, if, if the Lakers, like, you know, there's a difference between me saying this is how the Lakers feel versus how I feel. And, and in this case, I know the Lakers are probably going to eventually kick the tires on Rozier. I personally am not as enthused about the fit. Um, speaking of that, uh, that, that portion of the show, let's go ahead and get to it. But first today's show is brought to you by the sleeper app. Use that promo code LA Lounge to get up to $100 in a first deposit match. Again, the Sleeper app. Your promo code is LA Lounge, all one word. You can follow me at uh, on Sleeper at Anthony Irwin LA, just like you follow me on uh, on on Twitter. And uh, yeah, you can you can uh, 
you know, have some fantasy fun with me on there. Oof, that sounded that sounded more risque than it actually was. You can <laughs> we can make fantasy picks together on there. Uh, fantasy fun with me. It makes this a very different YouTube channel. Um, today's picks that I, I uh, looked at tonight. Uh, you have Joel Embiid scoring uh, more or less than uh, 34 and a half points. I would go, he is playing against Detroit. They are terrible. I think Philly is going to blow them out. And as such, I would go fewer than 34 and a half points. Victor Wembanyama, two and a half blocks against the Lakers tonight. He had six the other night. I would go more than two and a half blocks here for Victor Wembanyama against the Lakers team that does like to attack the rim. Um, you know, they're going to be trying to get him in foul trouble. And, uh, you know, one way to do that, right, is or the way, the best way to do that is to attack the rim. Unfortunately, that means you're going to take some losses against such a talented young defender. And I think he will get more than two and a half blocks. Uh, CJ McCollum against the Charlotte Hornets, more or less than 17 and a half points. I think he's still kind of working his way back. He looked really rusty against the Lakers the other night. Um, New Orleans does tend to do pretty well against, you know, bad teams. And Charlotte is very much one of those right now. So, you know what? Screw it. You can go, you can go with, uh, you can go with less for a 1.69, uh, nice little bonus there on your, on your money. And I, I, you know what? I, I think I would, I would go over there. Have some fun. Uh, it's more fun to root for overs uh, or more than Julius Randall against the Phoenix Suns, more or less than 24 and a half points. I will go less than in this one. Uh, he does not play well in, in kind of higher staked games. He has not been particularly great this season and I will put him at fewer than 24 and a half points again for a decent little, little, Bonus there, 1.81 times your money if he gets fewer than 24 and a half points. Uh, also on there, you have Tyrese Maxey going for 24 and a half points. That is where the more or less than is set. I would go more as I think he will do really well against a really, really, really bad def Detroit defense. Um, I think he would be kind of the reason why they blow that team out. And, uh, and, and Embiid might not play enough to score the 35 that he needs to get to for you. So I would go more than for, for Tyrese and then for Clint Capella, more or less than, uh, a half of an assist. That's a fun one. That's <laughs> more do it. Let's have some fun together again. Use that promo code L a lounge. Uh, to get up to $100 in a first deposit match. One more time, that is the Sleeper app. You can use that promo code LA Lounge, all one word. Follow me on there at Anthony Irwin LA. Um, and 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 look, man, that's the best part of fantasy, right? Is you can make dumb little, you know, picks like that <laughs> Clint Capella more or less than assist one, and and then brag to your friends when he accidentally like tips the ball to somebody. <laughs> It gets that gets that assist. Uh, so again, the sleeper app at LA Lounge for your up to hundred dollar 
uh, first deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. See sleeper.com for uh, slash terms slash referrals for details. Please play responsibly. All right, slop season. So I wrote about all of this for uh, Substack today. And again, I would appreciate if you guys followed me on there, anthonyirwin.substack.com, and you could subscribe there. The names that I wrote specifically about today, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., Kyle Kuzma. um, And then I had some notes on like the Lakers' general approach to trade season. I'm going to go in order in the same order that I have these names here. And first and foremost, Zach Levine, it's this rumor that just won't die. Uh, but I, you know, it, and everybody is very careful with how they present their information as it pertains to Zach Levine, but he has no market out there. He's in the middle of a $200 million deal over the course that, that will pay him like 50 million bucks uh, by the time it's all said and done per year. And, um, yeah, that is just not a contract that you want to give a guy that, you know, as soon as he started sitting, the Bulls went on a four-game winning streak. I think they've won five of their last seven, right, since he has sat. That doesn't, you know, spell great things for his impact on the team. Uh, he has been rewarded for not particularly caring about defense uh, and, and and you know, doing the little things that help you win, like facilitating, for example. and you know, that makes me really nervous. And again, like the, the Lakers basically want to, if they are going to make a trade, I think their, their preference would be to trade a player or two to consolidate a very deep roster and a very deep rotation and bring in higher end talent up at the top of the roster. And in this case, in order to do that, the Lakers would have to send out like four people like to, to, to just like to, to even match money. And so you're sending out like a half of your rotation for this guy who is not healthy at the moment, is injured a lot, makes a whole bunch of money, and you don't know that he's actually going to commit to doing the things that you need to win. And look, the Lakers do have success in the very recent past getting guys to commit to doing those things, right, Cam Reddish, this year. But the difference here is that Zach is in year two of a $200 million contract. So if he doesn't commit to those things, screw it. He's getting paid anyway. But if like Cam hadn't committed to the things that he's doing this year that are really helping the Lakers, he could have been on his way out of the league. So you need that incentive. There just isn't that financial incentive for Zach. And as such, uh, I, the Lakers, and frankly, most of the rest of the league, not all that interested in Zach Levine. Uh, The next guy on the list here is Alex Caruso, who I wrote is like the antithesis to Zach Levine. He makes a fourth of the money. He tries four times harder, (laughs) just generally, and uh, helps teams win like exponentially more than Zach Levine has over the course of his career. So as such, A, the Bulls don't want to trade him. Coming into the year, I was told in pretty certain terms by league sources that the the Bulls are not interested in moving this guy. Uh, and and maybe that stance changes as they realize that their their season is in the is, is in the shitter. But as it stands, right, since Zach hasn't been playing, they've won five of seven. And an ownership group, Jerry Reinsdorf leads it, that does not like full down, full, you know, tear down rebuild type situations. Uh that group is not 
I don't think particularly interested in moving Alex Caruso. The other thing is Arturnus Karnasovas is the guy who heads their um, personnel department and their organization from a basketball standpoint. He's been kind of a disaster. And the only thing that I think he has gotten right, really, while he has been there, has been Alex Caruso. Uh, I think you could maybe say the same for a couple stretches for DeMar DeRozan, but I think on net, that has not been a particularly fruitful signing. Caruso has been. He has been a great story. That city loves him. And so if if that if Karnasovas trades uh, Caruso, that would be an admission yeah, I screwed up, and I screwed up to the point where this guy, who was a Grand Slam signing, still wasn't enough to make this team even competitive, and now we head into a rebuild again. Um, they haven't been relevant since, uh, you know, Chicago with a couple flutters here, or since uh, Michael Jordan with a couple flutters here and there. And, and this most recent era, right, has led to mediocrity at best and hilarity for most of it. Or, and, and uh, if you trade Alex Caruso, then you are just basically just, you know, hammering home the point that, yeah, this is, this whole thing uh, is, is, is not heading anywhere particularly fast and it would maybe cost him his job. So uh, I don't see him trading Alex Caruso. And even if he does, the price that I've heard so far, and I wrote about this, the price that I've heard so far is one unprotected first rounder for Caruso, another lightly protected first rounder for Caruso, a young player, a legitimate role player on a good contract, and you're probably having to take one of their bad contracts, right? I, the one that I used is, as an example was Lonzo Balls, who I'm not positive is ever going to play basketball again. So, uh, you know, for Caruso, you are giving up the moon and you are uh, competing with basically every team that has title aspirations in order to land the guy. And as much as I would love to get him, and it, I, I still continue to kick myself or the Lakers for a letting him walk and b not like trading for him last year when his price was significantly lower. Now his contract is incredible. He himself always helps teams win and and uh yeah i would love to get him i just i just and if they do i think he turns this team into a championship favorite but i think it would cost way too much at this point and i don't know that the lakers are are as interested in 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 carving out the team in the way that they would need to to get him same kind of sort of goes for og on anobi um I think he would cost less cost less than Caruso. He actually is on the trade block right now in the way that Masai Ujiri does uh, put guys on the trade block where they're there, but you have to really, really pay up. The trade example that I used for him was sending Rui Hachimura, Jalen Huchifino, Max Christie, and then you would probably need to send a protected first over to Toronto to get him. Um, probably some second rounders too. And, uh, man, again, that price is real high and negotiating against Masai Ujiri seems to really suck. But if you get him and he stays healthy and like shoots even decently, I don't know how teams score against the Lakers with him on the perimeter, 
with Cam Reddish playing, uh, defending the way he does, with Jared Vanderbilt capable of, of defending the way he can. Plus, you have LeBron and AD in those safety positions as they have been this year. It doesn't matter who the fifth guy out there would be. I mean, closing lineups would be Austin Reeves. And his defensive defensive deficiencies would matter significantly less because of what everybody around him can do defensively. So, uh, yeah, I, I love Anunobi. I think, you know, he is going to be looking for a payday and he's going to be looking for max money. I can understand why some people would pause at, at, at that idea, but for what he brings to the table and what he would mean to the Lakers specifically, where again, you bring him in, you bring in Caruso and you are a title favorite. You can compete with the um, Denver Nuggets and the Boston Celtics and whoever you can maybe even go into a series against Denver as a potential, like slight favorite or pick them. And that would be a hell of an accomplishment to, uh, to, to, to figure out with the acquisition of one guy here. And I think he would help you do that. So, uh, yeah, that is a, 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 a guy that I really like the Lakers. I know really like him. We'll just see if Masai Ujiri even is interested in, in moving him. Also on that team, uh, Gary Trent Jr., who would cost less and fits really well into what the Lakers need. I think like it's it like legitimately bothers me how perfect Contavious <laughs> Caldwell Pope would be would be for this team. Uh, and Gary Trent Jr., I don't think is quite as good as KCP and and doesn't quite fit as seamlessly, but is a good like alternative to him, a very good alternative to him. Um, I think he is a lot more attainable than OG Ananobi. I have the Lakers trading uh, D'Angelo Russell and Maxwell Lewis for him. Plus, like I, I would imagine like a, a couple seconds or something like that. I don't think you need to touch any first rounders to get him. And uh, and again, like he just, you know, he slots in there as your shooting guard next to Austin Reeves. Um, he defends the other team's best perimeter player. Uh, between the point guard and shooting guard, you also have Cam Reddish out there who takes their best wing or Jared Vanderbilt who takes their best wing. He offers shooting and spacing and he can do a few things even if his shot isn't necessarily going in. So Gary Trent Jr. is is, is somebody who uh, the Lakers have been tied to now for years, plural, and I think will be tied to them again this, uh, this upcoming trade season. Uh, lastly, Kyle Kuzma. Um, wants to be a Laker. Like I am, I, I, I put it that it, and uh, in, in the piece that I, Aaron and I have talked about that several times on the show, Kyle, uh, you know, I don't think he ever, he, no, I know Kyle never like demanded a trade or anything like that, but I do think Kyle welcomed the uh, opportunity to go out there and showcase that he can do some of the facilitating stuff that he can, um, be one of the team's best players if if need be. Now, how good the team looks if the, he is your best player is certainly a, a conversation unto itself. But I think he's gotten that, like he's he's experienced that, and I think he's ready to get back to winning and also like very specifically winning with the Lakers, right? Um, I, I, he loved being a Laker. He loved what the, that did for his brand. Um, and... Uh, Oops, sorry. He he loved what being a Laker did for his brand. Sorry, I got a text from from Jen and um <laughs> about Avery, so I will have to hop off here shortly. But yeah, I I think Kuzma 
really loved being a Laker, really loved the the amount of um, attention that he got for being a Laker and was a great Laker. He's a Laker champion, um, knows exactly what the Lakers need for, for him to do, for them to be successful collectively. Um, I, he is somebody that the Lakers would really like to bring back. Uh, I know they, they uh, were, it was torn on whether they should move him at all in the first place. And, and now they have come to realize right after the, you know, the Russell Westbrook trade has been the disaster that it was. Um, they've come to realize that, whoops, we traded two championship caliber players and got back something way less than that. Um, and, and yeah, like it would, you know, suck to kind of compound that mistake by sending more stuff over for the guy that they sent over there. But at the end of the day, you have to improve the team. And I think in this case with Kuz, you can get him for a first and, you know, uh, a couple young players. I have uh, the trade looking like Russell Prince and Hood Shafino going to Washington to bring back Kyle Kuzma. And um, that is, I think, a, a, a deal that the Lakers would happily make depending on the draft uh, capital. The only thing is they're going to have a lot of competition for the guy. He is locked up for a long time on a reasonable contract and uh, plays a position that is obviously very important to teams that have title aspirations. He has won a championship before and um, is, is I think, just a, also like a, a good dude to have on your team, like a good person to have on your team. And um, and yeah, I, 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 I would love to bring him back. We'll just have to see what the price looks like. But look, all of this, the giant disclaimer that should be like above my head here, is, hey, by the way, it's super-duper early here. Uh, D'Angelo Russell can't even be moved until, you know, January 15th. Same goes for Rui Hachimura. You're a month away from any of these conversations having any real oomph to them right now. But it is a fun day to kind of take a look at the rest of the league and see what the Lakers might be capable of doing. Um, I thought it was a good time, and others, uh, apparently, Thought it was a good time to maybe relay some information on on what I've been hearing about the Lakers, and and yeah, hope you guys um, enjoyed that. I, I did want to you know really quickly touch on a couple notes from that piece. The Lakers um, do not want to trade Austin Reeves, so if they are trading Austin Reeves, they're getting an All Star. Period. Uh, if they do move one of their young guys, or if they do move Rui Hachimura, they're looking for a starter slash closer that they know can step in and help like, like definitely help in those positions and in those spots. Um, they are just barely over the luxury tax and I think would like to get under it to reset their repeater. Um, so whatever they send out over the course of the trade deadline, if they take back uh, more than 1.2 million less than they currently have on their books or that currently that, that they send out, that gets them back under the luxury tax. So look for them to make a trade that doesn't like make them worse, but does take back a little bit less money to reset that repeater. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it, I think the, the macro takeaway here heading into slop season is that the Lakers don't feel like they desperately need to make a move, right? When they had Russell Westbrook, they had to trade him before they got Russell Westbrook, right? They, they, they felt like they needed a shot in the arm. In this case, though, the Lakers are playing good enough basketball. I think they're they're a championship contender with their current group and really like their current group, especially, you know, they want to see it all play together for, for another thing. And so when they have these conversations, they can push away from the table, and that gives you a real advantage um, compared to some of the teams that I mentioned, right? 
uh, Toronto, right? They don't want to lose OG and or Trent for nothing like they did for with uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, you know, Chicago, right? It's clear at this point that they need to rebuild. And, um, you know, so on and so forth with, with basically everybody. So the other names that I listed, Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, Alex Burks, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Lonnie Walker, uh, Gordon Hayward, Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon, Keldon Johnson, and Zach Collins were just some other like names that I'll write about certainly soon. But with all of those guys and the guys that I actually wrote specifically about, they come from teams that are heading towards a rebuild and could use a couple extra assets for that rebuild. And I think uh, the Lakers can take advantage of those situations by walking into those conversations saying, you know, take it or leave it. All right, really quickly here, before we get out of here, the Lakers played the San Antonio Spurs tonight. No real word as of yet as far as the availability of LeBron and of Anthony Davis. I think both are going to play. AD seemed to really enjoy um, playing against uh, Wemby the other night. The Lakers, I think, collectively would like to get that ugly win behind them and like kind of remind themselves and everybody, okay, this is what we're actually capable of. Um, Jerry Vanderbilt is seen as questionable and not doubtful, which I think is obviously a step in the right direction, man, it would be nice to see him get and stay healthy. Um, so if they have like a decent assortment of their talent, they should be able to win going away. I do think they'll probably play with their food because that's what they do. But I do think in, in the end, they win this one by like double digits. That It's just, it's a team, it's a Spurs team that just is not very good. They have some confidence given what they were able to do to the Lakers at the end of last game. But I, I just like, it's just such a talent deficiency there. I think the Lakers should win this one pretty comfortably. If you are going to watch it, I hope you do check out the All Access Lakers guys, playback.tv slash All Access Lakers. Um, I might make an appearance depending on how the evening is going, but at the very least, you're going to watch the game with Raj and with Shub and with Rome, maybe Aaron for a little bit of it too. Um, and, and it's always a blast. Uh, so yeah, I am going to get up out of here. Sorry for the shortish and somewhat rush show, but, uh, I have kids to take care of and a weekend to kick off. So until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I will talk to you on Monday. Bye, everybody.